Are you a clinician in primary care who wishes there were better resources to help you understand how to navigate the concept of triage in modern general practice? We'll boost your triage skills with our dynamic five-session live webinar course tailored for primary care clinicians. Led by myself and Dr. Ed Pooley from Difficult Conversations, this comprehensive training covers all facets of remote patient triage, whether that be digital, on-call, or other opportunities. Through this course, you'll gain practical knowledge, exclusive hints and tips, and direct access to myself and Ed through open Q&A sessions of the course. Elevate your ability to manage primary care challenges effectively and confidently, and most importantly, safely. Register now to transform your triage approach at bit.ly slash GP triage course for GP in capitals. We will definitely catch you then. Do you want to know the best websites that will help you and your patients in primary care? In this episode, I'm going to cover the 11 websites that I use on a regular basis that help me work more effectively. And I guarantee there are going to be some websites on this list that you have not heard of. So let's get cracking and tech enhance your primary care and learning. So EGP learners, let's get cracking with the top 11 websites that I use to help myself and my patients in primary care. These are in no particular order. And if you want to skip to relevant parts, have a look in the show notes down below because there'll be links to the relevant timestamps and stuff down there for you. So with the first website I'm going to talk about, let's go general, shall we? Many people know about GP Notebook and Patient.info is really good websites to give you general information about how to help patients. But for me, the one I find most effective is the CKS website. The clinical knowledge summaries are supported by NICE themselves and have really good content in terms of information about how to help patients and obviously link to the guidance themselves. It doesn't have the best user interface in the world. However, it is really good content and often by many considered one of the gold standard websites to use when it comes to finding clinical information to help our patients. However, it's always important to remember that they are guidelines, they're not tram lines, and unfortunately there isn't really many guidance for cross multiple morbidities and stuff, so do take them with the relevant information that they give. Next up, let's talk about a website that gives you information to help you understand the relevant guidance, but also the evidence to understand how to help patients in unusual situations. I'm talking about the NNT.com, which stands for the numbers needed to treat. I do really like this website. It gives you lots of really good quality information and a traffic light system to understand. Actually, should you consider using steroids in pharyngitis? And what is the evidence behind various diagnostic tools that we use? This can be a really useful website to use with the patients in the room as well, or even to send them the links to, because it gives them information about why or why not you're doing particular treatments or investigations. Speaking of investigations, let's talk about my next favorite website, Lab Test Online. This is a really good website. It gives you information about the various different types of tests like pathology, biochemistry, all that kind of stuff. And the information about what happens if you get a high result, a low result, what kind of things you might need to look at in terms of investigations themselves for particular conditions. It's a great quality website. And one of the really nice little hacks that exist within System 1, if you ever see a pathology result in System 1, a little blue eye next to it, double click on that. It'll take you straight to the relevant page in Lab Test Online. If we think about other types of diagnostic information, sometimes we like to use calculators. Yes, loads of them in general practice and medicine. And actually, it'd be nice if there was a really good website that had all the various different medical calculators available for us, wouldn't it? 
Well, guess what? There is one of my favorite websites, MDCalc, also available as an app, but it's a great website. It gives you all the various different medical calculators, algorithms, all that kind of stuff that you might need to use, including the evidence behind them and in what situations they should and should not be used as well. They're really quick and easy to use. And yeah, I dial into these on many occasions, especially the ones like the Wells calculators, both the PEs and DBTs. Next, we're going to talk about some websites that focus more on the medication and treatment side of general practice. Some of these are a little bit more niche, but when you need them, you're going to find them so valuable. You'll be thinking, why did I not know about these earlier? One in particular that's a really valuable resource is the HIV Interactions website. This is supported by the University of Liverpool, and it's a great website for understanding which medications do actually interact with the antiviral therapies that we use for patients with HIV. This can provide valuable information to understand actually what medications you should avoid so that you don't have an impact on patients with HIV's control of their conditions with their antiviral medications. You could obviously ask your local HIV specialist, but sometimes a quick little look on this website will save so much time both for you and for the patients. The interface is pretty easy to use and it's just a case of adding the various different medications and it also gives you risk scores to understand which ones are suitable to consider and which ones you really should not. Another group of patients where prescribing can be a bit of a minefield is women when they're pregnant or lactating. The UKTIS is a great website. It gives you really good quality information about various different medications. And it goes a little bit deeper than the BNF and other types of websites that we have access to in terms of information about those medications and their use during pregnancy or lactation. Again, it's a really helpful website to giving information to patients about those particular situations as well, because we've all had the anxious mother who is unsure about whether or not to take medications when it may or may not be beneficial both for them and obviously their expectant child. The fact that the website gives information both for clinicians and as well for patients, I find really useful and effective. So we're almost at a website that I use pretty much a few times a week, if not on a daily basis. And I'm pretty sure you probably haven't come across this website. However, before we get to that, definitely check out medstopper.com. So this is a great website with the growing elements of polypharmacy that we use and really useful for pharmacists as well as for GP clinicians when it comes to prescribing about looking at what medications actually you may want to consider stopping. With the proliferation of various different treatments for condition A, B, C and D, actually sometimes patients do get left on medications that may not be of value or more importantly are potentially aggravating their health issues and causing them harm. So which do you stop? Well, this website will give you information to understand which medications are more likely to cause particular situations and symptoms and interactions with what patients are taking, and more importantly, the guidance of how to look at stopping them safely so they don't cause more problems for that particular patient. It's really simple and easy to use, and I highly recommend you go have a look at it. But before you do, check out this website. So if you are involved in any form of mental health prescribing, whether it's antidepressants, antipsychotics, or benzodiazepines, definitely check out psychiatrianet.nl. Okay, slight warning with this website, it is not based in English. However, using the powers of Google Translate and stuff, it can work really effectively with their inbuilt website translation system. What this website does is it gives helpful guidance about how to change medications when it comes to those mental health challenges. So whether it's antidepressants changing from antidepressant A, like citalopram, to antidepressant B, sertraline, for example, it gives you really good information about the process and structure from doing that. The website is regularly updated, the last one being in March 2022, and it is run by pharmacists as well as supported by psychiatry professionals over in Europe. It is based on European guidance, so important to remember that it may be different to the UK-based guidance. So do use your own clinical judgment. 
However, I found it an invaluable resource to help me understand how to help my patients and also has a really helpful calculator to help you understand the different doses of benzodiazepines when trying to change patients off them, particularly given many of the drug shortage challenges we've been having recently. Okay, we've got three more websites to cover on this particular episode. However, before we get to them, if you have found this useful, do leave me a like down below. Let me know that you found this content useful. And also, if you come across a website that I haven't covered in this episode, let me know in the comments below. I know there's going to be loads more out there. And I intentionally, in some ways, haven't covered everything that's available. But actually, if you want that, stick them down below. may provide that for you. In terms of the next three websites, these are ones I find really helpful to understand clinical navigation for patients and supporting them as well with their own health issues. First up, we've got Pediatric Pearls. This is a great website supported by pediatricians themselves giving information about common health challenges for younger people. There's lots of information there about behavioral stuff, constipation, various other common challenges that affect children. And more importantly, they update it regularly with their newsletters that are held on the website as well. There's stuff for clinicians, there is stuff for patients. I often give this as a resource to my patients to help them understand how to manage those complex health challenges that they may be experiencing with their little bundles of joy. Additionally, in terms of supportive information for patients, definitely check out the website When Should I Worry? This is a really valuable website that provides content of information as leaflets that you can either download or access to print and stuff that basically gives parents the information about when should they worry. It's constructive advice held in various different languages as well, which I find really useful. And often I've had patients come back to me feeling that they have found that information useful to support them, help understand how to manage their unwell child, and more importantly, look at navigating the health system a little bit more effectively. There are similar websites like the 0-18 one that can be quite useful as well. If you've come across others, as I said, let me know down in the comments below. And now let's cover one of the big daddy websites that many of us probably use, but sometimes forget how useful it genuinely is. And that's Dermnet NZ. This is one of the best online repositories for dermatology-based challenges, which let's be honest, many of us sometimes struggle with, including images of common and less common skin-based problems. The fact it comes with useful information about diagnosis, treatment, and various other things to look at with those conditions is an absolute godsend. However, if you want some more UK-focused information, absolutely feel free to check out the British Association of Dermatologists or the Primary Care Dermatologist Society, which are also equally good websites when it comes to those issues. Now, you might be thinking, Dr. Gandalf, what are you doing? That's all the information we could possibly want. Maybe not. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, share this with your colleagues, and we will catch you in the new year for more information and tools to help you tech enhance your primary care and learning. Oh, hello there, EGP learner. I'm Dr. Gandalf and I often get asked, what kind of resources do you have to try and help those using EMIS? Because you tend to do a lot more stuff for System 1. And often I've really struggled to answer that question because let's be honest, I don't use EMIS on a regular basis. So therefore trying to help EMIS users is a little bit more difficult for myself. And that really made me feel, well, not great. So I kind of did something to try and help all those EMIS users out there. I went and had a chat with one of my colleagues, Dr. Mike from GP on the Move, and him and I have created a course that you can use to help you use EMIS so much better. That's right, if you use EMIS but you want to use it so much better, so much quicker, and in such a way that means you go home sooner, then check out our EMIS for Clinicians course. It's an online course that takes you through all the tips and tricks that Dr. Mike knows to try and basically mean you can go home quicker. That'd be a cool thing, wouldn't it? 
guess what? It's currently on offer. So if you want to take advantage of this introductory offer and get access to it now, look at the links down below and check it out. Additionally, if you're a practice, network or wide area that wants more opportunity to use it, send me an email, egplearning at gmail.com. Let's see if we can help you out. And as I like to say, to tech enhance your primary care and learning. Shall we get back to it? Oh, and if you wanted one for System 1 users, well, you know I've got you covered, haven't I? Check out the Learn System 1 for Clinicians course, bit.ly slash tpp s1 course.